since we had a nice little shake on the podcast. Although, it's just one of the big rock ice cubes, so it didn't sound as good. Tara, thank you for joining me this evening. For our listeners, you will probably recognize this familiar voice. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So, Tommy is away, and for those of you joining us for the first time, this is the Craft Heads Podcast. Usually my best friend and I, uh, we talk about a particular topic for about a half an hour or so, and we also have shout-outs for local businesses, places, places that we've visited, people that we've met, and we always have a cocktail or a beer or a wine or something like that of some kind. And I realized that lately I feel like we've been doing a lot of beers, which is fine and great because there's a lot of beer drinkers out there and we drink crafty stuff. But we also have done a lot of experimenting with fancy cocktails, especially earlier on. So I want to try and expand my horizons, broaden my horizons there a little bit more, especially because I have such a library of drinks at this point. You and I have been trying all kinds of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So the topic tonight, this is movie cast number four. And we are doing uh, the movie Joker, which just came out. And Tara and I just saw it in theaters, and we wanted to talk to you tonight about it. You you are staring really intently at these drinks. I'm just watching what you're doing with this lemon, yeah. and it's fascinating. Well... Is this how you're doing a lemon twist? Yeah, lemon zest. Tw twist, yes, specifically. But I wanted to pick something... Regardless of the base spirit, I wanted to pick a drink that I thought was appropriate for the Joker. Mm -hmm. So I looked for one that had to do with craziness or yeah. clowns or whatever. And I found, is Paris burning? With a question mark. Oh. That's the and by the way, so this new book, we might have mentioned it on the podcast. I can't remember. But it's called The Ultimate Bar Book, The Comprehensive Guide to Over 1,000 Cocktails by Mitty Helmich. And... Definitely check it out. You can get it on Amazon for less than 20 bucks, and one time it was $9. I don't know why, but it jumps around in price. It's an amazing book. Tara was just reading it for 20 minutes while I was getting this stupid-ass setup uh, going for the podcast. Thanks a lot, Apple assholes, with their new Catalina upgrade. It caused all, con all kinds of problems with our, um, our audio production software, which is Audacity. And that's the reason for the big delay last time to get the homeowning episode out. So we apologize mm -hmm. for that. We'll be back on a normal schedule. And Tommy had a really busy weekend. We're recording on a Sunday night, and he was just moving into his new house with Claire. So congratulations to him. Yes. And it's totally awesome. But he said that Tara and I could hold down the fort tonight with a couple of notes he wanted me to include. Okay. But before we do the shout-outs, here is, is, well, I should say, is Paris burning? Salute. Salute. Oh. Hoo, hoo. Well, it's pretty strong for your normal tastes. Well, no, hold on. I know, I'm testing you. Tara doesn't know anything about what's in here, by the way. You're testing me? I have to guess what's in I, There's a lemon. I saw you put it in there. Good job, baby. Um, whiskey or you're, bourbon? You're, you're close enough because... Cognac. Exactly. Okay, okay. I can taste... That, like, gasoline taste, but not as bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, like, I can actually drink this and not cough. Whiskey, bourbon, cognac, brandy, all very different things, but it's totally... You nailed it as far as getting the base spirit, because okay. that's totally not in your way. So, cognac. So, you get um, full credit for that. 
There's a sweetness. Yeah, there is. Mm. While you're thinking about it, specifically, it's made with brandy, but I only have cognac, but cognac is brandy, so there you go. I can't. Is it a liqueur? It is. It's not creme de cassis, which we were drinking in another cocktail the other day, but... Is it the blue one? No, it's, I'll just tell you now, it's raspberry. So it's ah. raspberry liqueur, or specifically Chambord. I knew if you it wasn't it. the banana. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I really like it. I know it's a pretty strong drink for you, so I poured a little less for you. I'd love to have a, a nice picture of it along with the bar book. I'll include it on another episode for the episode image. But um, obviously we have the Joker for the episode image this week. Yeah, well, and the color is kind of... Poopy looking. Well, so, it, I, I don't know. It's like a darker cognac because obviously the raspberry liqueur is it's much darker. But it's a ratio. It's four uh, four to one. Four parts yeah. uh, brandy, one part raspberry liqueur. So, there you go. Or shampooed. So, two quick things before we move on. Shout outs for this week. I told three different individuals when we visited Helen, Georgia recently. Mm-hmm. Um, James... Tara and neighbor James, Tara and I, and our friend Rimjob, we all went up to Helen for Oktoberfest. I've always wanted to check it out. It's supposed to be a pretty big deal because it's like a nice little... It's a month-long uh, yep. little thing they do where they do Oktoberfest. And I was, I think, Googling, and they do more stuff, obviously, on weekends and in evenings. But, yeah. Yeah, and they have... Uh, all kinds of different German beers. They have some. They have a lot of Bavarian style architecture. Or architecture up there. Foods, sauerkraut and brats and all that stuff. Which, yep. by the way, a bratwurst is more beef, beef than pork, and a knockwurst is more pork than beef. Yeah. Good information. I didn't know it. Hope somebody. Hope, hope you learned something today. Uh, also, might be a little ambient noise. We apologize for that. I have the windows open because it's a beautiful fall night. And as usual, per episode seventy-five. People ruin everything. So shut up outside. Anyhow, here come the shout outs. One, Caleb with a K. He was at the Troll Tavern. Yes. Super awesome server. And, you know, if I'm, I'm not a server for a reason, I'm a, I'm a really good people person, but, you know, I could see it just being like too much for me and just kind of a really crazy thing. I've never tried it myself. And this guy was just totally friendly attentive and super focused on us on a really you know can you imagine being a server no in Oktoberfest and Helen it'd no. be so annoying I couldn't imagine being a server at anything yeah let alone like when there's a bunch of annoying drunk people exactly around. and he and I don't know he he made me feel like we were the only table he gave a shit about which you never yeah. know maybe we were but yeah. Caleb was awesome thank you for a great experience there we had some great beers and some great German food oh definitely that sauerkraut was incredible is there anything else about the troll tavern uh it's down on like a little river side yeah, and it's, right it's, on the river. it's almost like it's underneath a bridge where i think that's where they get the name troll because exactly. you have to go down yeah. like this set of stairs to get to it but no i really i really liked it we went there and it was pouring down rain the entire time we were there and so we were soaking wet and that was a oh, very goodness. welcome reprieve mm-hmm. from the elements um i actually i, I really didn't want to leave that place the, yeah, I, know, I just, didn't want to walk around. I just you, wanted to stay and drink my beer and just be warm. Yeah, you were very happy. Though. Yeah. Oh, we all we all had a lot of fun. And that was my second time at the Troll Tavern because uh, the first time I had been there was during good weather a couple years ago with some friends that came to visit. And we were doing the Lazy River down the Chattahoochee. And we sat, stopped there and had a couple beers on the river, which was mm-hmm. really nice. Moving forward, Kenny at the Pepper Palace. 
Uh, I had some choice words for Kenny, and I was going to jokingly say them on the podcast. I decided to uh, to scale it back a little bit. Kenny's an asshole. Just kidding. Kenny, you gave me a really memorable experience, but he's at the Pepper Palace, and it gave all of us a memorable experience. It, it's uh, obviously a, like spicy chili peppers and spices and hot sauces and all that kind of good stuff. And whenever we pulled in and we were parking, we saw it and I said, as soon as we, whenever we're leaving, that's got to be the last thing we do before we go. Because, you know, I got to go in there and buy mm-hmm. the hottest thing they have, whatever. So we walk in real, and it's, it's an older couple that run the place. Mm-hmm. And the lady was very nice and welcoming and just let us know if we had any questions, that kind of thing. We're walking around and I, I tried a, a Carolina Reaper rub, you know, like a dust that you sprinkle on stuff. And it was, you know, I put some in my hand on a tester. It was, it was spicy, very tasty though. Really enjoyed it. And then this this uh, Kenny comes over, you know, real long white hair. Did he have a beard? Can't remember. He probably had a beard. Oh, I don't know. That didn't stand out. It was the long white hair. It was, it was very respectable. And he was like, "Oh, what? Who? Who's the one that likes the hot stuff here?" And I was like, "It's me." And, and I told him what I was trying. He was like, "Oh, that stuff's child's play. Come on over here." So I was like, "All right." I walk over, and he's like, "Sign this." And it's one of those waivers, which is, <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of. I feel like they're almost gimmicky because. Uh, I, I hope nobody ever has to get into a dispute with one of those things because that could be pretty messy. But I signed it, didn't even read it. You know, I'm like, whatever, just give me whatever you have. And he has this, I think it was a Reaper, Carolina Reaper, if I recall, hot sauce. And he put, when when you actually do hot sauce tasting, like we did at the Heatonist in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you get a tiny droplet on a little plastic spoon because they're not there to ruin your day. You're supposed to taste it and see what it's like, you know, whatever. This guy puts like a, a dollop on one of these little tasting spoons but you know me i'm just like he wanted to ruin your day (laughs) whatever you know i'll do it and he's like turn that upside down on your tongue you know don't just try he's like put it on your tongue and i was like all right you know i was just sort of in the mood and whatever so i did it and it was very tasty it was hot and then he was like yeah and i just let that start you know he said let it burn let it build up and and it sure enough it was and it was it was pretty intense and i wasn't dying but it was hot you know i was i could feel myself getting sweaty and i was like yeah this is pretty intense but i i would have been fine yeah and then i also before i put this stuff on my tongue he said he had the antidote like he'd be able to fix it if it got really bad and i was i guess i i was showing a little bit of uh naivety or i was being a little naive and he has this horse horseradish, which was called nasal napalm, right? Yes. And again, puts a big dollop of this, and he's like, "Flip that over on your tongue." And he's like, "This." He he it sounded like he was talking about drugs. He's like, "This is better than any ride you can get at Six Six Flags." And obviously, na- uh, horseradish has a completely different kind of hotness. I always forget the word. Like it's, a heat profile. Yeah, there's there's the capsicum or whatever in chili peppers, and then there's some iso something in horseradish. Maybe I'll put it in the episode name, but or the episode description. And it's not going to fix anything. If anything, it's going to make things worse because then your head's going to hurt because that's what those iso things do. But I, I wasn't thinking it was really hot, and I was like, you know, maybe this guy is going to actually hook me up, and it's going to be cool. Well, it wasn't. This nasal napalm was horrible. I mean, it like blew, it was way way worse than any heat, you know. Oh, it, and he shoved he, the bottle. In your so he gave you that, and and you went through your ordeal. And then he turned to the three of us and he said, "Here, you want to take a, a sniff of what your friends uh, eating at the moment?" Mm-hmm. And I have never smelled something so hot and putrid in my life 
that and I, I saw the side of the bottle that said nasal napalm and like napalm stood out to me and I thought oh no but I sniffed it anyway and I, I felt like my brain had tears running out yeah, of it that's a good description it was it was so weird it was like my eyes weren't burning at the moment it was like my brain just was like okay we need to start tearing from every mm-hmm. every orifice on the on our head we just need to do this and I just couldn't at that moment when I smelled it and I looked at you and you had that substance in your mouth like a lot of it a lot of it yeah. I could not believe you were alive yeah. and and from there your ordeal spiraled out and you're you said to me I need to get milk Mm-hmm. And like that was my mission. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, as, I got to find some kind of dairy product. As as Tony Soprano would say, it felt like I had ginger ale in my skull. It yeah. was it was intense. But anyways, we we got out of there kind of like a bat out of hell. I was like, well, Kenny, I was gonna buy something, but <laughs> not anymore. So he he probably drives away some customers, which is actually hilarious. So maybe I can send some backed in with the podcast. But anyways, we go outside. I'm just like. I kind of want to be dead. You know, what do I do? I, I need milk. Mm-hmm. And we're looking around. Terrors. We're talking about gas stations and everything. Well, I walked up to the main strip because I'm like, you know, milk street, convenience though, yeah. store. Like we need to find something that is going to have a convenience store or something. And I thought our best chance is on that main strip of, of shops. And across the street, there was that one shop and it had, it had the window said ice cream. No, I had a neon ice cream cone. That's all it was. That's all it was, really? Yeah. Okay. So I turned to you and I'm like, what about ice cream? Will that work? Yes. And we walked in and do describe the the event. It's so funny. So, and there was this nice lady and and one of her, uh, another dude that was working with her. Her name was Tony, uh, T O N I E, I think it was. And this was at Soda Jerks, you know, like an old timey soda kind of thing. And I just said, give me just please the the most basic whatever vanilla ice cream you have in a cup like just the, the key here was fast like i need it yeah. right now and she hooked me up and she she even said she's like oh did did kenny send you over here or whatever i was like well he didn't but he's the reason i'm here and she gave me that and then she said she had this cure and she's like seriously it works and she gave me a, a tablespoon of sugar you know regular granulated mm-hmm. sugar and she's she said put about half of that in your mouth and then she poured me a cup of milk also. And she was like, now swish that sugar around with the milk in your mouth. And she said, you'll get instant relief. And mm-hmm. and it worked. And now I don't know if that was just because of the horseradish or if that'll work for hot stuff too. I should try it sometime. But it was great. I don't know. Thank I you, think, I think any relief at that point for you yeah. uh, was welcomed. Yeah. And it's and just, it was so funny to me because that was not the first time that that happened. And it had happened enough. That she knew and she came oh, up yeah. with her own actual yeah. like relief for people. And she, that's just so funny to me. Yep. I'm like, oh man, how many, how many people have walked the path that we have just walked? Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. But anyways, not to dwell too much on the, on the whole Helen thing, but it was, a, it was a great experience. We had a lot of fun. So thank you to those people who mm-hmm. made it extra memorable for us. And um, moving on, to, uh, before we get to the Joker, just if you are listening, the two biggest platforms, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. Smash that five-star rating button for us. It's really easy. If you haven't done that yet, it helps people find us. It helps us rank higher in algorithms and all that bullshit. And it'll take you one second. Just give us a five-star rating. You don't have to write anything unless you want to. That'd be super cool, too. Leave us a little note there. If you're on Spotify follow us i guess that's probably the most helpful thing yeah, aside from I don't, just listening so yeah spotify doesn't have a yeah. like feature but that's it yeah just feature. if you're on spotify follow us if you're on apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and if you listen on something else you don't have to do anything at all so uh cheers anyways 
the Joker. So this just came out in theaters. Did that come out this month in October? Uh, it came out very recently. I yeah. don't know if it was this month. Here we go. Rotten Tomatoes, October 3rd. So it came out this okay. month. Uh, nice pre-Halloween flick, I guess. And of course, the new Joker is our favorite Joaquin Quinoa Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, I'm a real big Joaquin Phoenix fan, especially from his roles in Signs mm-hmm. and Gladiator. Absolutely, I, I love the guy. I think he's a really good actor. I've seen him in a lot more things than that. Those are just my two favorite. And, you know, of course, Joker is a very, like, almost a, uh, a touchy person to be cast as nowadays. Because it's like, all right, Heath Ledger is the best. He's always going to be the best. The best possible thing that could happen is some guy comes along and does, like, a pretty good job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in, some people might sort of just dismiss him out of hand. But that's that's not a good idea because Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job. And we'll get into that for sure. Yeah. And then, of course... Jared Leto's was very forgettable in uh, Suicide Squad, even though I like his makeup was kind of cool, whatever. But this makeup was a thousand times better. And a lot of people forget, especially in our generation, Jack Nicholson was amazing. And he was a lot more clowny like this one, like Joaquin Phoenix's, you know, very big on the clown makeup and uh, the costume design and everything that I love. So anyways, came out this month, uh, just so everybody knows. Has a currently on on the evening of October twenty seventh has a sixty nine from the critics, which isn't terrible, but an eighty nine from the audience. So it's one of those things that has a pretty big spread, and definitely generally favorable, but especially with audiences, it's it's a positively uh, a, a well received movie. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with? Forget the critics. What do you think? Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, honestly. I didn't even see the Suicide Squad one. Um, you know, the only, okay. the only Joker movie I think I've ever seen, we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen the older one. I've only seen the right. Heath Ledger one in the Dark Knight series. Right. Um, and so I kind of, like, I knew that the Suicide Squad movie had come out and I honestly had no interest in watching it. And I don't, I don't know if it was good or bad. I have no opinion. And when I initially saw that this movie was coming out, I was like, oh, another Joker movie uh, because Joker's popular. I don't know. Like that, mm-hmm. that was just like my brain process. And so when you said, uh, you know, hey, do you want to go see the Joker? I was very open to it. Just blank canvas. Seen a movie together. And I was pleasantly surprised by it. I think, um, I think it depends on the person and what you're, you know, I, I think... What I would say to anybody going to see it would be go into it with an open mind because that's what I did. And, you know, I'll liken it back to when you compared, like, to Heath Ledger's performance. Like, oh, you know, you have to, you have to, you're either going to be as good as Heath Ledger or worse, or you have to do something crazy to really outshine what Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger did, excuse me. And I think this was a totally different take on the Joker. Like, you're not looking at the Joker in you know, that time frame of what he does inside of the Dark Knight movies, you're looking at pre-Joker. Like, what, what's building His Joker? Origin. You're looking at the origin story mm-hmm. of it. And so I think Joaquin Phoenix did an incredible performance. I think he did a great performance yeah. with with this movie. Like, um, as a person as a, prior to Joker. Yes, as a person prior to Joker um, and all of the different elements of, you know, mental health, this state of the society, and, and everything coming together. I think it was a really yeah. well-done movie. Also, let's, let's both be honest here. 
I grew up eating, living, breathing Marvel. Uh, I'm not sure how much you really cared about either of those. That Marvel versus DC, um, not all, not I, as much as I did, right? For me, no, no, definitely not to the depth that you did. I liked them, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I really fought over them. I think it was more about certain characters. Like I really liked Batman and and Robin sure. and that whole thing. I really liked certain, X-Men. you know, Marvel people. I liked certain X-Men. Like, I really loved Wolverine. I thought he was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who doesn't? But right. for me, it was more about this individual character. I really didn't think about, like, oh, sure. the DC universe. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was That was beyond me as a child. Yeah, I, I think maybe I'm painting with a broad brush. I think generally Marvel is bigger. You know, but uh, mm. you know, DC's awesome. It's not. It's not. Not as good. It's just there's a lot more. I think to it Marvel. would be an accepted um, statement to say that, in terms of movies and and, <laughs> well. and and box office, that Marvel is a huge hit. Yeah. And where like, one of the things that I always think about is I th- I think maybe DC comics have a little bit more dark undertones. Yeah. To what's going on, and I think it's a bit more mature, and I think maybe that's why not everyone's flocking to it because I mean. Look at the Joker in how much of that movie was mental health and his relationship with his, you know, mom and, you know, Mm -hmm. at work and what happened to him as a kid growing up and just all of that stuff all pulled into one. That's that's a really thought provoking and you have to kind of be in a good place mentally to watch the movie, understand, okay, this is just a movie and really... I don't know. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought up the mental health thing, and, and we'll get to that later. I actually made a note of it, so I don't forget. But mm-hmm. uh, speaking of dark undertones, that's that's a good point. There are ones out there. Don't quote me. You can shoot me a note if I'm wrong. I can't remember, but I swear V for Vendetta is a DC Comics film. That I don't know if that means... I have no idea. Yeah, I, I swear I remember seeing it at the beginning of the movie, which, by the way, November 5th is coming up. So I know. I can't wait to we watch. We need to watch that, and that's going to be super awesome. But, uh, you know, another really dark Marvel movie that never gets any credit is the original Punisher. Yeah. That's that's a Marvel movie. Yep. You know, so and, and nobody talks about it. And I don't know why cuz yeah. it's it's not just one of my favorite Marvel movies, it's one of my favorite movies with Thomas Jane. Yeah. Anyways, the Punisher quick aside, is yeah. Daredevil Marvel? He's Marvel? Yeah. He's not DC? No, he's Marvel. Okay. okay. 100%. Cuz Daredevil is a little dark, and and I didn't watch It totally is. I didn't watch like obviously I've seen the one with Ben Affleck? Yes. Is that, is that it? The movie? Yes. I like that movie. I haven't seen Jennifer it in ages. Garner, I think. I can't remember. I think she was Electra. Maybe. I <laughs> but it was good. I haven't seen it in ages, obviously. I, I should revisit it maybe in the future. But I remember the, a Netflix had... This was kind of like on the verge of when Netflix started doing their own Netflix original series. Mm-hmm. And the Daredevil uh, series was had some pretty dark stuff in it oh yeah and i remember really really enjoying it i don't know why i didn't finish right. it and again but punisher i think series yep i didn't thing. i didn't watch the punisher <laughs> yeah. series michael clark duncan was also kingpin which was which is hilarious because it, it was one of those things that he was cast perfectly physically but kingpin in the comics is an enormous white guy and then obviously you have the complete opposite with michael clark duncan as an enormous black guy. But oh. again, physically. I don't know that cast- person's name, so yeah. I had no idea yeah. who well, you're talking about. Anyways, by the way, just as a fun thing, I liked that movie when I saw it a long time ago, and it's regarded as one of the worst Marvel movies, I think. Which Really? Whatever. May- actually, who knows? Maybe if I watched it as an adult, I would hate it, but I, I enjoyed it back in the day. So the Joker podcast. Yes, back to the Joker. <laughs> um, it definitely was a, a slow buildup, and that's not a bad thing. One of the things I enjoyed about going to see the Joker was, as I do with almost everything anymore, 
I don't spend, it sounds silly. I don't spend time on the internet. Mm-hmm. I'm very unusual like that. The only time I spend on the internet is for work and like looking up walkthroughs, not even walkthroughs, but like if I have a question about what a item does in a video game, that's, that's, that's seriously what I do. Cause the only other thing I used to do even at work at my last job was read news and articles. And I finally decided that's not worth my time either. So I stay very unplugged with a lot of uh, modern media stuff. And all I knew is new Joker movie, Joaquin Phoenix. I'm going to go see it. And I didn't even think about the aspect that it's an origin story. It, it you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was actually expecting a pretty quick thing right off the bat. And then like a lot of crazy violence and, you know, just him trying to be like typical Joker, Keith Ledger, you know what I mean? Or what? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's not at all what it was. Another thing that I found interesting once again, don't quote me. I thought in the comics, and if I recall, Suicide Squad might have gotten this part correct. I thought in the comics, the Joker fell into like a giant vat of chemicals in some factory. And that's how he became the Joker. I don't know if that's how he went insane, but it's how he... I don't think he wears makeup in the comics. I think he's permanently disfigured. And that's why he looks the way he looks. In this movie, Joaquin Phoenix, he has a job as a clown, you know, for parties Mm -hmm. and whatever. a, A clown for hire, literally. And... He does his makeup every time, and he continues to do that even whenever he takes on the full persona of the Joker. Uh, but it's it does he does such a good job with it. And it's really wild, you know. Uh, Quinoa Phoenix is a very he's a distinctive looking person, but when he has that makeup on, you can't tell it's him. No, he just looks like the Joker. Yeah, and it's really cool. I was a really big fan of that, and. Um, also, some of the other scenes sort of building up in, in with his character, like he's he's he loses his job. He's associating with some of the people at his work, which seem to have, you know, maybe some seedy ties or they're just like falling on hard times or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the one guy gives him a gun and just to protect himself because he gets jumped by a bunch of kids and he is dancing around in the living room where living he lives with his mother which by the way they're way too close he like bathes her and stuff and takes care of her and it's really weird but that makes sense for his character and he's just like sort of waving the gun around and but he he's dancing while he's doing it do you remember that yeah well i have to give tommy a shout out here because i told him i would because he wanted me to plug a couple things in the podcast he said that he read that was improvised Meaning, the, the dancing? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I actually am going back and forth between Quinoa and Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix did that on his own without the direction. And, you know, the director was like, yeah, this, this is awesome. Let's keep it in, whatever. So that dancing around was improvised. And there was another thing that was improvised. Do you remember whenever he's in the kitchen and he's just ripping shit out of the fridge? And he's like, yeah. you don't know what he's doing. And then he just crawls into the refrigerator? Yeah. Not scripted. Wow. They, they're they like, what what is this guy doing? And, you know, the director was like, I love it. Let's let's leave it. Well, I think, okay. Uh, By the way, directed, who directed this movie? I should have written down some notes, but I think in that scene where he crawls into the refrigerator is because he's trying to get away from the phone. No. Th- there was a noise. There was an alarm or a noise going off. and I th- Outside, I, maybe? No. I think I, the phone rang after he got in the fridge. I think. I think there were, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it when right. it comes out and it's cheaper to rent. Yeah, maybe someone um, will tell us. Maybe someone will tell us. But I swear I heard in the film some kind of annoying noise 
and that he just didn't want to deal yeah. with it and just crawled inside the refrigerator. You might be right. And and I'm I swear there was a bunch of ambient noise outside because I, I I remember the scene very well in my head and the window looked to be open and he like lived in a real shit neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. Anyways, talking about him coming up as the Joker, he basically murders three random annoying entitled rich kids like rich white kids on the subway and it's like yeah i hated them too but you can't just kill people and you know he he just brutally murders him and it's pretty cool the way it unfolds because he's he has they don't really explain in the movie if it's real or not but he allegedly has this condition where he just laughs uncontrollably and uh you know in in really inappropriate situations and whatnot and he just like he blows this one kid's head off. He shoots the other guy in the chest a couple times, and then he shoots the one guy in the leg. He's running away, and he chases after him, and then shoots him a couple more times on the ground with a revolver that has like nine bullets in it. By the way, but well, in one note about the that way. the laughing thing, um, this condition, it's uncontrollable, and I think the biggest thing is that it doesn't portray the correct emotion. Right. That if he is feeling sad or angry, he will laugh instead. Yep. And that is the incorrect thing that we, when it, you or I, yeah. we don't have that kind of affliction right. or whatever. And so when we are sad, we cry. And when he's sad, he like laughs hysterically. Yeah. And so that I think was like the more bigger, I think that was the bigger thing, the bigger takeaway from that little card he was giving people is like, yeah, I'm laughing, but I really don't mean to. What did you think about his laughing? Uh, it was so unsettling, but you could tell, I don't know, like it, I really got the, the feeling that, you know, if someone had a a mental illness that had that kind of tick where they did laugh like that, I feel like that's, that's a pretty accurate portrayal of what someone would do in that kind of situation. Sure. I mean, specifically, what do you think about Joaquin Phoenix's laugh? Like, did you, did you think it was convincing? Did you think it was tacky? Did you get sick of it? Did it grow on you? It was unsettling. Okay, cool. I would say it's unsettling. Like, like it, at first I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah. And well, then like, and then the agreed. more, the more I watched the movie, the more I was like, oh man, like this that, is. That's sort of the way I was feeling. Uh, I, I was rattling off opinions. And I think the one that I would have to land on is that it probably grew on me you know i was like oh it's kind of cheesy and there were times when i was like uh but that was his character it's like you said it seemed appropriate for somebody given his condition that that could be a pretty convincing portrayal of it and like and at first uh you know starting off the movie i was like oh god what is this laugh right and then like you know halfway through it and towards the end of the movie you hear him laughing in situations where he is obviously upset or you know kind of being made fun of or or whatever it is and you you almost feel bad because you know when he does the laugh that he feels you know uncomfortable and he doesn't feel good yeah and maybe i i i just did a a quick google to um that's i just feel like i'm from 2005 just saying i just did a quick google um method acting i think i mentioned that to tommy on the whenever i was talking to him on the phone earlier that's like when actors really get into a role and they like become that person, mm-hmm. like even outside of the, I think I, I've, this is not my third time on the podcast uh, today. Don't quote me, but I think he's known for being a method actor and that just makes the whole thing more convincing, you know, yeah. like him really getting into that role. And 
He lost a shit ton of weight. He looked unhealthily oh. skinny. And he would even hold his body. You know me. It's not Very like, visceral looking. I'm, I'm not excessively skinny, but I'm quite slim. And if I want to, I can jut weird shit out of my body. Like my shoulder blades. You know what I mean? Like my yeah. rib cage suck in my stomach. And he, you could tell he intentionally did things like that with his body on screen and, and held them. And, and with the dancing. never slacked. Yeah. Even with the dancing, stuff. yeah. Even with the dancing. I mean, it was just like, it looked like his shoulders were dislocated. Maybe he, they were. Some yeah. people can do that. Well, and, and one of the things too, and obviously they're spoilers. Uh, yes. Later on in the movie, it he discovers the file for, the, for his mother because she was being housed in the insane asylum and it had all these things written down and he was reading about how you know, she abused her adopted son and all these things, had him tied to a radiator and just beaten and bruised and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, once you when you see him at the beginning of the, the film and you kind of see his awkward body shapes and he's very like at one point he's in the uh, the clown room with all the coworkers and he's stretching out the clown shoes. Yeah, he looks in, oh, so weird. It looks so crazy. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And then you're kind of like Man, he's really disfigured, or not like really disfigured, but like he's got some kind of physical thing going on where he's not all right. Sure. And then you read that he got abused as a child, and it's like, okay, well, we're right there. Could be a root of yeah, most why, definitely. why he's got some stuff going on. Yeah. And you know something I, I get really sick of, and this is not going to surprise any of our listeners who know me anyhow, I get real tired of how all media nowadays has to be about something. or Or at least... People, especially like, you know, like social social justice people, like they they have to ascribe a value to it, even if a, a director or a screenwriter outright says, no, I just made this movie. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean anything. Don't read into it. But the two slightly oppressive, oppressively in your face overtones were, of course, the one like the rich versus poor and like. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll say uh, like an equality gap there or an income gap and then like kill the rich, you know, like it's insane. But I want to come back to that in a second because I sort of mellowed out on that and I, I totally get it and I'll, and I'll elaborate on that. But the other one is obviously the, it, the mental health thing, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I'm sure a lot of people are, and I haven't been on the internet about I haven't read about any of this but I guarantee if I google it right now there's a thousand articles that are written about what an important thing it is for mental health and this is a big victory for mental health and mental health and you know awareness and all that and it's like uh, this is the joker we're talking about mm -hmm. like that's his character and he was created how many decades ago you know yeah. what I mean like it maybe the director did by the way it's Todd Phillips I did check that maybe that was his goal I don't know but it's it's like they make it seem like you have to, we should feel bad or something and like we're oppressing them when meanwhile, like this guy is a sadistic psycho killer. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like there are people who are so crazy that they're not fit to be in society. That doesn't mean we do anything horrible to them or kill them or whatever. It's just like you might not be able to function in society. And obviously Arthur Fleck, is that his name? Yeah. He would be one of those people. Yeah. Without question, you know, so... It kind of reminds me of, um, like, when you were in high school and you had to read a book and, you know, the English teacher is like, you know, what did this sentence mean? And, and like, mm -hmm. what did the author mean by this? 
And it's just like, maybe the author just wanted to write that sentence. Why don't you to write him? that sentence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, how many how many authors could you talk to and say, oh, did you really mean this like weird, uh, vague, deep, like, did you weave this into your story? Mm-hmm. And they could literally come back and say, no, I just wrote that yeah. story because I liked it. Or maybe And it was in did. my brain. Or maybe they did. Yeah. But it's just like, that. it's one of those situations where it's just like, you know, people are implanting things where something was never implanted to begin with. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I was watching it, and I try to do this with, you know, any media I'm consuming is to really dive into the world. Yes. Which is in that media. And so, like, I try to really zone out and get into the world of Gotham City and what's going on in Gotham City. Um, And, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they're talking about the garbage piling up and... You know, people are constantly, like, he gets beaten up within the first 10 minutes of the movie by those kids that steal the sign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he gets yelled at because the sign got broken and the people don't believe him. They think he stole the sign. And it's just craziness. It's absolute craziness. And so you can, you kind of get this societal picture of why he's, you know, what's fueling his craziness as well as his genetics. That's an excellent segue. I said I wanted to come back to the, the rich versus poor dynamic. And one thing that's always, I don't want to say bothered me, but I just, I kind of couldn't let it go is that in, in anything Batman related, specifically Gotham City related, I'm like, what happened to this city? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how did this become like Sodom and Gomorrah times a thousand? I was going to use some American cities names that I won't because I don't want to offend anybody. But <laughs> there are... You know, there are certain cities that are in really bad shape in our country and all over the world. And it's mm-hmm. like, you could take the top 10 worst cities, combine them together, multiply them by 10, and they don't have shit on Gotham City. And it's like, how did this happen? And why is it even remotely believable? So yeah. you take a step back. And instead of focusing on like, oh, the director is trying to say rich people suck, which is stupid because he's probably rich. I'm thinking this is not only an origin story for the Joker. It's an origin story for the state of Gotham City. Because don't forget... It takes place when Bruce Wayne is a kid because his yeah. parents are killed in the movie. And mm-hmm. it, sort of, it sort of shows something that could have instigated that as the Joker was coming about. Which, by the way, there's like a weird age discrepancy there. But that's okay. Um, anyways. Um, well, and you, you see Bruce as a child too, which right. you know, is another clue that it's an origin story kind exactly. of. Exactly. My point is the Joker is how old? In the movie, oh, and I Bruce know. is that. Yeah. So, like, by the time Bruce grows up and becomes Batman, the Joker would be older than he is in, say, like The Dark Knight. Exactly. But I think they're probably portraying the Joker in this movie, in the Joker movie, as probably younger than Kingwa Phoenix can portray himself. Yeah. That's what I, I literally just said Kingwa again, didn't I? Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So, anyways, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed. Once I thought more about it and it's like, you know, there's, there's not a statement in here. This is showing how Gotham city just got completely out of control in the, it was a series of events. You know, he, he killed those three people on the train. There was like these random violent hate crimes and rallies around the city. People wearing the clown masks, very V for Vendetta style actually. Mm -hmm. But the main inciting thing that happens is, uh, Joker gets invited on to the, the Dave Letterman of, of Gotham or Jay yeah, Leno it's, uh, live with Murray, who is played by Robert De Niro, which I didn't even know he was in that movie. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Great actor. And 
he basically goes on the show, and there's some foreshadowing earlier on that looked like Joker was going to go onto the show and kill himself as a big joke. And I, you know, I think Tara was a little bit more taken aback by it, but I thought for sure, okay, like he's going to go on and kill Murray because even though he was his idol all his life, ultimately Murray showed those clips of Joker's stand-up in the comic club, yep. and that was him making fun of him, and he was going to do this because he was like, I'm going to kill this is I'm going to kill yeah. you because you were making fun of me. And he goes on this big diatribe about humor and how it's totally subjective, which it is, but that was that was a really cool, creepy thing about his character. And again, he's a psychopath or a sociopath or maybe a little bit of both or whatever. Whatever's more insane. But he's saying, I thought it was funny to kill those people. Like, and here's here's my my big punchline for this upcoming joke. And they like pull the camera back and on live television, Joker shoots Murray right in the head, Robert De Niro, and it's a really I love this word. It's a really macabre headshot. You know, like head head body thrown backwards, slumped in the chair, neck neck sagging back, and like this that his final look on glued on his face because he's dead and it doesn't change. And they show it multiple times, like meaning just De Niro or Murray slumped yeah. in that chair, and it was it was disturbing, and I loved it. That yeah, was great. The one thing that took me back, I think, was not the fact that he got shot. I think it was the way it was. Films, yeah, because it really happens. Like he's literally sitting there, pulls out the gun, and bam, gone. Where you know, typically you would see a situation like that in a movie, and like there would be some dialogue, the guns up, and like it's like, oh, don't kill me, he but just I have pulls to kill you. He just literally pulls a gun yeah. out and blows his head off, yeah. and it it was wild. It was super and then, awesome. Yeah, from there you kind of see the city just spirals out of control yep. um completely and riots in the streets riots in the streets and then you see um jokers in the back of a uh, a cop car and peep what no i oh, I, keep I, going I, no i just touched your knee because i'm excited if you don't touch on this i will continue oh. well and and so jokers in the back of the cop car and as they're driving by you know he's watching out the window of the city like in flames and he's smiling um and People are looking in the cop car and they're recognizing him as the guy that was on TV that shot Murray in the head. And so eventually, you know, they're driving along and then he gets smashed in the side by uh, an ambulance, whatever. They pull him. The cops are dead, I think. They pull him out and put him on the hood. And he eventually kind of like wakes up, revives himself, whatever. And, uh, you know, he has a crowd of people around him all in clown masks and he's you see him rising as their leader and he's rising as this uh you know rebellious movement in the city against the people higher up and the people that have the wealth and total anarchy anarchy. and so he's now their leader basically as he stands up on the hood of this car and you know i really liked the the makeup throughout the whole movie because you kind of see there, there's a clowniness to it it's not so much just joker makeup it's very much like okay there's a clown persona with mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and um at the end when he realizes he has blood on his lips and he takes oh. it and smears it into the smile that was amazing that was incredible that that gave me chills because i'm just like you know in the world of this character and his joker character rising up to where he is in this whole journey that he's gone on it was just 
it was just really crazy. And then it made me think about the Dark Knight series and all the crazy shit that happens in those movies. And it's just like, wow, like, if, you, if you really look at this as the origin story and the anarchy that's going on in Gotham City, no wonder, um, no wonder, you know, all that stuff has happened because there's this big follower, like, movement of, you know, we got to follow the Joker. We got to follow this. We got to keep this perpetuated. Um, and so I just, I thought the whole thing was just very executed very well. Yeah. And you know, another thing that we haven't talked about at all <clears throat> was there was some good music in the movie. Oh my gosh. One the music of, <clears throat> was very good. <clears throat> one of the, actually, before I lose my train of thought, the reason I touched your knee back there, <laughs> did you enjoy that sip? Yeah. Want me to help you out a little bit? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. I didn't want to make noise in the theater because I wanted to talk to you. You said he was in the back of a cop car, like looking out the window. Yeah. Do you did you recognize the direct homage to Dark Knight? Yeah. That scene where he's looking out the window when the cops are driving through the city. I mean, it's yeah. it's literally a. I mean, at least in my head, like a frame for frame, exact same thing. And it wasn't a rip off. It wasn't copying. I thought copying it. I thought it was a really cool little head nod. Yeah. To Heath Ledger. You know, almost like, almost to Heath Ledger directly, not just his Joker in that movie. Yeah. I loved it. Well, and in, in another, I, I keep coming back to this whole thing, is like, this was the Joker and his origin story. Mm -hmm. Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight saga was the Joker at that point in time, after all of this had happened, and yes. after, after he had built his little empire of people and minions beneath him and he had risen even farther and he had just taken this so much farther because in the movie i don't know if he's killed anyone yet it's never really disclosed but the first three people he kills are those three businessmen picking on him on the subway and he kills those three people and then he kills um that guy who gave him the gun yep savagely and and, and he kills scissors. him savagely because that guy was telling people around the clown office that Arthur Fleck was asking him about another gun or a gun. And he basically was throwing Arthur under the bus. And so mm -hmm. Arthur caught wind of it and he like brutally murders him. And that whole scene, I don't want to say it's funny, but the scene where he brutally kills that guy and the little man. The, the poor little the, person. The poor the, the, little like person. The clown, like the midget. Yeah, the, mi the midget character is like standing there horrified. And, he, you know, he's, the Joker's like, just, you can leave, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine trusting he, him. And he, he couldn't reach the lock. Yeah. So he that had was to really have funny. him help yeah. him open the door. And like that, that whole scene, like the whole movie, I was just like anxious. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. What's going to happen next? But, yeah, that was crazy. So that's the fourth person he murders. Yeah. And then he ends up killing his mom. Is yeah. that the fifth person he kills? Yeah, I, I can't remember the number. And I mean. so so and then he and then he ends up killing uh Murray is the is the fifth. Yeah. And so you see him go from I don't want to say innocent, but you see him go down this path of violence. Yeah. And it that just is crazy. And it, like, I don't know. This is one of my favorite topics. I'm sure some people took uh, offense to the to the midget thing and like couldn't reach the lock. I want to remind everybody, he agreed to do that scene. He didn't have a problem with it. Anyways. Well, and <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and yeah. it's a movie, but like I mean realistically in in the movie universe, strip everything else away in that movie universe that's taking place. 
if that person was in fact a small person and they were in fact with the Joker in that apartment trying to leave, they physically could not reach that. They, mm-hmm. they actually couldn't do it. Yeah. So that was a very realistic portrayal yeah. of that situation. And then he, he had to turn around and be like, can, can you get the door? Yeah. Anyways, you summarized all that very eloquently because that almost makes Heath Ledger's Joker the believable and logical progression of the one that you see being formed in this movie. Yes. Because he's he's accepted what he is. He no longer is... He's no longer worried about fitting in or trying yeah. to be normal. He's just embracing his nature and he's very calculating and unfortunately very intelligent in his calculations and his ins- and he's just take he has like this very controlled insanity. Yeah. And and that's portrayed perfectly by another person. That was my exact thought. Yeah. What you articulated was yeah. that, you know, you see him go from not very violent to okay, violence introduction and then the rate at which violence is introduced in the movie of him killing people. And then when you compare it to the Heath Ledger moment in time of that, whatever events are taking place Mm -hmm. and you see how violence is just very readily accepted. It's like, okay, from, from that moment to that moment in time, you see that progression of yeah. no wonder he was such a violent person who blows up a hospital. Yeah. Cause in this, in this origin, like it, early on in the movie, he's reading his diary or writing it or whatever. And one of the things that was kind of poignant was it said the worst part of, about having a mental illness is people expecting you to behave like you don't. Yeah. And then, like I said, the, you know, the new Joker, once he accepts everything, that's the one saying, I don't, I don't have to behave that way. I'm going to behave the way, the crazy way that I am. Yeah. So back to the music stuff. There, I'm sure there were a lot of good songs in there. I These are just the ones off the top of my head. Uh, I'm a big Sinatra fan. So as soon as the one rich white kid on the subway started uh, saying, isn't it rich? Which is sending the clowns. Stephen Sondheim wrote that, uh, made famous, or at least for me, by Frank Sinatra. That was great. And there was more Sinatra a little overplayed. They played That's Life, I think, like three times in that mm-hmm. movie. But it was really cool and appropriate for the movie. So well, really and wasn't that it. a catchphrase for that the Murray show in the in the movie? Yeah, I think it so. It was something about that like, was, oh, that's life. Well, I think he would play it at the end of his show. So that okay. was part of it. it. Again, it was very cool, but it, it, it was almost like too much because they did it so much. But it, overall, I really enjoyed it. And the... And I heard that... I think whenever they're in that car ride, maybe when he's in the cop car... And there's all the chaos and fire and everything outside. They played Cream, which was uh, White Room by Cream. Yeah. Which that was, it was just great. A lot of good old music in it. But anyways, those, I want to wrap up the, the movie discussion. Tara and I both really enjoyed it. And I think anybody who's interested in, you know, anything Batman related, obviously, specifically Joker, it's well worth seeing in theaters if, you know, if, if you're a moviegoer. Mm-hmm. And... I think the I think the ratings are fairly accurate. I could see critics having some problems with it, and I could see nine out of ten, ten people generally enjoying it. So that makes sense. My question for you, and and Tommy asked me to plug this as well, and he's like, "Don't tell me on the phone. Do it on the podcast." If you had to give it a one through ten, what would you personally give it? Just your enjoyment scale. An eight. I swear to God, I was gonna say an eight. I would give it an eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tommy would, told me. I would just say, I would just give it an eight. Honestly, watching that movie at the end of it when we were walking to the car, I actually, I wanted to rewatch the Dark Knight movies. Oh my, same here. Which I, is I, I watched that and I was movies. like, I want to watch the Dark Knight now because then you see 
Bruce's parents get murdered in the alley. Yeah. And even though it's not a mugger and it's not like, you know, frame for frame, exactly what happened in The Dark Knight. It's just yeah. like, it's still so good. It's such a good segue. And it's like, man, I really want to watch The Dark Knight right now. Well, that and we've been watching a lot of Dark Knight YouTube poop, which is also amazing. Yeah. But seriously, Dark Knight is just, it's just one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. I mean, it's... It's so good. Batman Begins is really, yeah. really good. The Dark Knight Rises is also very good. Dark Knight, in my humble opinion, as somebody who truly loves movies, I know quite a bit about them. I know a lot of directors and their work and their bodies of work and you know actors and actresses. I'm always the guy that remembers the the people who are in movies and the years they came out. I love that movie. I, I think it's movie. incredible. And there are so many things that make me always want to rewatch yeah. it. Well, and the other thing too, and I know I've talked to people about this before, is just like, if you want to watch a superhero movie in like that feel goody type thing, watch a Marvel movie. If you want, yeah. if you want to watch Batman in the dark Knight, you have, you have to ha- w- like be in a mood. Like you have to be in a, like a state of mind where you're like, I want to watch The Dark Knight right now. Like, yeah, I'm, totally. I am in a mood. I'm ready to do this. Like, I want to, like, after watching The Joker, I wanted to watch The Dark Knight. And, like, because that, that's not a that's not a happy series of movies. Like, there's no. some messed up stuff no. in those movies. And, like, yeah. Maybe that's part of what makes Dark Knight so special, though, because it's it's thought-provoking, it's intellectual, it's dark, but it's also one that I could just put on. You know what I mean? Dis- despite yeah. how dark it is. I don't know. It's it, it's also weirdly comforting because it's so entertaining and gripping. Yeah, it's just awesome. It's they're, they're last they're really... last note as we wrap up here, not related to the Joker. I I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast. What did you think about Cinebistro? Ha ha. I oh, if okay. Want want me to do a one through ten rating of Cinebistro? Sure. Okay, yeah. I would give Cinebistro. An eight out of ten. Okay, great. I would I would I would do the same rating for the Joker. I, I think that's fair. And the reason being, um, there was nobody. Yeah. Because it's a little bit pricier. Uh, so you pay fifteen dollars for a ticket, and then you you know per order per, per person. So we paid thirty dollars for both of us to go just see the movie. Which immediately then, I was very yeah. Off so that was by. the first thing, and uh, <laughs> um, then the food and and the food I didn't think was. Like earth shattering, honestly. The food no. was within a decent price point, and because you know, you typically, like popcorn on the menu was still eight fifty, and you would have expected inflation with all the other entrees. Everything was pretty. You meant the prices weren't earth shattering. The prices yeah. were not earth shattering on the food. On I the agree food. with that. I was yes. actually very surprised. So the reason that we even went there was because I was at a chamber meeting for work. In, in our local county, and one of the people there was representing the, a new Cinebistro that just opened uh, here in Peachtree Corners. And I got a free appetizer thing, and I wanted yeah. to see the movie, so I was like, Tara, we might as well use Incentive. this. Incentive. Yeah, exactly. It's at, a, it's at a really nice part of town in this, like, beautiful new shopping plaza and everything, so we figured we'd go check it out. And, of course, I've been to, I've been to like, there's a couple down here. I can't remember what one of them is called, where you eat and see a movie. But there's Cinebistro, another one that I can't think of, and then there's Movie Tavern. And I like Movie Tavern because the movie prices are the same as a movie, but you can get food, uh, you know, like, and beer. Most importantly, you can drink. That's, let's face it, that's the allure. And they sell these massive steins that you can buy that 
you, I can't, I haven't been to one in quite a while. Matter of fact, it might have been like one of the older um, or one of the newest wave of X-Men movies. But you can buy a stein of domestic beer and it's like 36 ounces or 33 ounces or something. And it's like 20 bucks. But then you take, you keep the mug for oh. forever. And you, it's you like, get a ten, refill price? It's like $10 to fill up if oh, that. Oh, that's Yeah, awesome. that's like three oh beers gosh. for 10 bucks. That's incredible. The only problem is guaranteed to piss at least once every time you go to the movies you know unless but, you dehydrate yourself yeah before I, you it, go it goes through because i i usually crush it at least by halfway and yeah. you're screwed but anyways um the thing about Cinebistro was i hated it immediately paying 30 dollars to get in there because we usually go yeah. to ncg and i i have like a student discount because i have a student card <clears throat> It's like $6 maybe for me, maybe 7 or 8 for you. It's, yeah. you know, it's great. I'll pay that for a movie. Yeah. But the more I was there, I kept telling T, I was like, I don't know. I can't tell if I either love or hate this place. Yep. There's no in the middle. It was definitely, I was not. It's, it was one or the other and we were going to come up with, because you and I are the same person. Yeah. And we, we were like, and I felt the same way. I'm like, I, I agree. I don't know if I love or hate it either. And. I knew by the end of our entire experience, we would walk out of the theater with a solid answer on whether or not we hated or loved the place. Well, and then the, the final deciding factors were, we were sitting in there and, you know, our, our server asked us what we wanted. And By the way, 20 ounce beer was seven bucks and it was a good beer. It was a craft beer. Oh my God, yeah. And the popcorn was eight fifty. People, please stop buying popcorn at movie theaters. I don't care how traditional an American is. It's, please don't do that. Anyways... <laughs> so I, I got my beer and Tara got her free appetizer, which were these Wagyu sliders. Yeah, Wagyu beef sliders. Wagyu beef, but that's okay. It was, everything was good. I wanted to get Tara a water. So I went out into the lobby, which another reason I didn't actually like it at first was because it was like this whole song and dance. You can't even go into the theater until a half an hour before showtime. It's very like, prescriptive. Yeah, it's very, uh, you have this, procedure you have to follow and i don't like that not prescripted duh yeah prescribed i don't know there there's this whole process and i don't like that kind of stuff and i feel like i'm being corralled but i went out to the lobby to get tara a water and i went back and i told her i said you know how many people were out there it's minus the people who were working which was only like two or three the bartender Mm -hmm. the greeter and maybe one other person zero and i was like i'm paying to be away from people yeah and in our actual theater, there was there were two or three couples, and then maybe one group of five or six very well behaved people. The, and then after six p.m., the cherry on top. Yeah. Nobody under the age of twenty one, or eighteen. Twenty one. No one under the age of twenty one is allowed in the theater after six p.m. So this it's is incredible. It's basically no like an adults only movie theater. Yeah. Like you can go sit down, listen to the movie. It, and I'm I'm assuming and I'm and I'm making the assumption that most people over the age of 21 will be somewhat mature and quiet during a movie, which our experience was good. It's a poor assumption, yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I mean, how many times have you gone to a movie and you know it's a it's popular children. movie and it, it yeah. you're just going to a normal movie theater full of children? They're laughing on their phone. Someone's talking really loud. They're just generally being obtrusive, and it's like. Stop. Yeah. Just please stop. stop and shut up. Yeah. I've gone to movies by myself because I've known people and I'm like, I, I, I know you will talk to me during the movie and I don't want to go with you. Yeah. Well, the, it uh, it also, this whole place was the definition 
of the word immaculate. Like it was very Spotless. clean and, and they can afford to do that and hire better people and more attentive people, you know, for, for something like this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming anyways, because you pay more. So yeah. that's the trade off. You pay more, even if you're not buying any food or drink or anything. But I say the beer is reasonably priced. There are no children and it's really clean. So for a date I'll night, probably back for a date night, considering on a date night, you and I would get dinner yeah. And then do something. Yeah, we wouldn't eat there. Combining the the movie and the cheap cost of, ooh, not the cheap cost, but like, you know, the cost of beer and like possibly sharing an appetizer or something, or maybe sure. an appetizer and an entree together. Or that. Very reasonable. Yeah. Very, and, and paying, you pay for. paying to not be near children. Oh. <laughs> That's very us. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Tara, for for joining. You're you're uh, a staple, so it's not like you're uh, you're you're our stand-in Spitta. When Spitta is not around, I can always count on you to to back us up. So I'm not just sitting here alone talking into it uh, a yeti by myself like a crazy person. We could put up a mirror. You can talk to yourself. I could, and then I'll become the next Joker. Yeah. See you with Tommy next time, guys. <laughs>